Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode number 266 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, uh, Commander Phoenix Sophia, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for tonight, we have Commander Souverine, our Deputy Trade Attaché. What up? And Commander Shan, our Inhuman Resources Director. Hello. Uh, we've also got our uh, tech as you, uh, commander Ventura doing tech this week. Hello. And uh, yeah, that's it. Because um, uh, normally our head of health and safety, Ben Moss Woodward, he's off doing kids stuff. Well, actually, what is what's really happened, dear listeners, is we have postponed Ben <laughs> until we have got all the until we have got all the bugs out of him. <laughs> so when when Ben is bug free, he will be back. Are you on about delousing? <laughs> oh, he's going to kill us for that. We postponed Ben until the latter half of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, if you can't get to, uh, well, normally we were hanging out in uh, Lave Station, hanging out and open at the Orange Sidewinder Bar near Planet Lave. Uh, I don't think we we have anybody who's able to do that today, but. Uh, um, I'll try and get my commander over to there at some point. But if you can't get uh, to us in-game, you can join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. And also at uh, Twitch TV slash laveradio. So hello to everybody in the Twitch room. Uh, so we'll <laughs> quickly go around the team. This will be quite uh, a lot faster than normal. So... Um, Commander Shan, uh, what's the week been like for you? It's been pretty good, actually. We had a weekend away, just Mr. Shan and I, at our old friends from university. So we've been friends with them for 28 years, something like that. So we went around spending a very happy weekend with them. Had a very, had a very enjoyable weekend. So went around my friend's place of work, which is quite interesting if you're into your electronics and gadgets because he works for the company that designs and builds components for formula e cars so it's all yes all very and it's quite funny really because he walks around and go oh this is the power inverter unit and this is the big battery tester thing and all this phase stuff goes in here and i'm going oh yeah yeah that looks really cool and not knowing a thing what he's on about but you know it was interesting anyway to see what happens in other fields Mm. It's funny you should mention that. I remember in the auto, when I was programming the the testers for uh, for Jaguar, we were doing a lot of that kind of stuff. That was, yeah. Um, Commander Souverine, what have you been up to? Uh, uh, I've got absolutely no idea what I've been doing. Working, loads and loads and loads of working, but I've broken the back of it today, so that's good. On the weekend, what did I do? Nothing. Do you know, I've got absolutely nothing to talk about. On Friday, we went out for, Suvat and I went out for supper uh, to a, a local restaurant near me in Peckham, which was really nice. And I went to see The Joker last week with a friend, which was pretty good, but quite flawed, uh, I suppose. So yeah, fairly, fairly quiet week for me. Very quiet, in fact. So your restaurant in Peckham, did it have Peckham Spring as their water? <laughs> there is actually a cocktail bar called Peckham Springs in Peckham and a railway arch, OBS. Uh, I take it that's a Fools and Horses reference? It is, yes. Yeah. Ah, right. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not up on my Del Boy. So good, good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, as I said, quite quickly around the table. Personally, I've been doing uh, quite a bit of Elite Dangerous, but um, it's mostly been uh, cycling to and from work, which has absolutely knackered me. So. <laughs> Oh, I have I have got the new bike, a hybrid, which does the job quite well, and I'm I'm now saving about a quarter of an hour every every day just cycling quickly. So, how much petrol does it use? I'm finding that it uses an awful lot of um, uh, pot noodles. Basically, I'm getting to work. I'm famished. I'm having pot noodles all the time. I really should. <laughs> oh, how healthy living then? Well, it's it, it's fuel, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm still doing my fitness boot camp thing. I'm now my third, my third session. How's it going? It's actually not going too bad. Actually, I actually beat my son at the weekend on in the last session. Was that with uh, a, a large stick or just? Yeah. No, no, no. I was no. I, I, had, a, was, I, I had a great time at yoga, and then I came home and beat my family. <laughs> no, I beat no. I, I beat my son. I was far more knacker than he was. Oh right, you beat him in being the knack. Well, isn't your son though sort of super fit cavalryman? No, that's the youngest. That's the youngest. Got like one. eight sons. No, <laughs> I've got eight. Sons. I'm not. I'm not um, Isaac or whatever his name was. You know, um, <laughs> every week you talk about a different. Different son learning a musical instrument or going off to university or graduating from university. No, no, the same anyway, anyway. <laughs> the, the 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 boot camping. I'm I'm at, I don't necessarily enjoy it while I'm there, but when I come back, I'll feel satisfied. I've got through it, if that makes sense. This week, this week I experienced the horror of what's called battle rope. What's oh, battle rope? I'm going to drop well, this. Basically, you have the long probably about 20 foot long sections of rope mm-hmm. which are fastened to weights mm-hmm. and you then have to lift the rope up and kind of make a snake and kind of whip it oh 10 yes, times on each yeah arm. I've, I've seen people and then you so rubber. yeah and there, there was me thinking it was like um, Batman versus Superman with Batman dragging a tire with his rope but obviously, obviously we're not there to that super shan levels yet well, I'm going to say super shine. Like, oh, what was the other nasty? Oh, yeah, there was. A, yeah. Do you remember? You see pictures of these soldiers with a log and ropes and like running with a log. Yes, thankfully, <laughs> I had to do that with the 120 kilo iron bar. But the trouble is, though, boy, my eldest son is six foot four, and he chose to team up with um, two other really super fit guys, six foot plus. And I'm a bit substantially shorter than six foot four. So I felt like I was being dragged, you know. I was kind of like trying to lift this thing and going, ah, like that for about 100 meters there and back. But yeah, it was very amusing for people anyway. <laughs> I could just imagine that. There's, you've got these, these massive giants around you and, and then all of a sudden there's, there's just you in the middle of them. I wanted to actually sit on it and be like carried, but they wouldn't let me. All oh, right, so, so you could put a crown on and be called King Jean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, moving on from our, our really exciting personal lives, <clears throat> um, we've got um, some development news that's been happening over the over the last week. Um, well, it's not actually 
anything on top of what we discussed last week, but um, we've got uh, a couple of per, uh, public service announcement, announcements. Uh, the first one was from Commander Raimi Zero, and he was uh, telling us that you can actually now see how much arcs you've earned in each session from the Frontier User Portal. Now, I never knew that this portal existed, but apparently if you go to HTTPS user slash frontierstore.net and click, you know, log in and go through your, um, uh, put in your details, you will get your Frontier credentials and your ARCs link, which will tell you uh, how many ARCs you actually have earned in the last session. Um, has either of you two had a look at that? Because... Uh, it tells you on the main menu how many arcs you've earned in the last session and and what your total for the week is. Um, which main menu? You mean in the game? Yeah. Oh, no, but this is web. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the um, the, the portal. Um, I, um, I, I'm glad that it's back, though. Um, yeah, is it, it very it, similar to the game portal? Um, no. I mean, I've, I, like I said, I've never seen this before. Um, apparently, you can use it to link your uh, your forum account with your um, your gameplay account, but it also allows you to actually download the API, which will allow, if you are a developer, it will allow you to access the API, which will can then get you stuff out of out of the game. Oh, smart! Uh, yeah, so people like Inara, EDTB, they they all use that. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So I tried the web port. Yeah, I had a look at the web port today, actually. It looked pretty snazzy, but I, to be honest, I preferred the simplicity of the old interface where you could get a better view of what was new and what wasn't. It seems uh, still a bit tricky to see what's new and what isn't. And, uh, and my thought uh, regarding seeing your arcs in your know, session out of game is, well, isn't the point to be in-game and looking yeah, at art. Them. Yeah, I mean, are you actually referring to the new um, the store web front end, which you can find at dlc.elitedangerous.com? I was, yes. Ah, yes. I was going to come on to that because that's a separate thing. Um, yes, for those of you who um, have been following this on the forums, um, they have, someone has discovered, it wasn't announced by uh, Frontier, but the dlc.elitedangerous.com will take you to the new uh, web store, which will, if you log in, you can then buy things using ARCs. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, Shan, you've, you've, um, you've had a look over it in, in not that impressed then? Well, it, it's better than having to log, log in game and doing it because I, Amongst others, I, I feel have kind of missed the Friday afternoon shopping session, mm-hmm. where you spend a few minutes of your lunchtime on a Friday looking through the store to see what's new and see if there's anything worth getting. So now there's a web front end for the store again. Friday mm-hmm. afternoon shopping here is here, and it's also in time for the Black Friday sale. So I, I'm hoping they will officially launch launch it. Um, before Black Friday. Well, actually, they've officially launched, well, they, they have mentioned it in the uh, Halloween sale that has started today. So um, if they, they announced on Twitter and uh, quite a few other places, except the forums, um, that they've got a cut, uh, cut 
Uh, there's a discount on all sort of in-game, in-cockpit bobbleheads and uh, basically accessories. So, um, yeah, there's something like a 25% discount at the moment. So if you want your pumpkin head bobblehead, that's that's where now's the time to get it. Do you do you personally go for bobbleheads, or is it something you can take or leave? Um, I do. I like do all your head. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm so glad that Ben's not here. <laughs> I really am, because you know he, what he would do with that. <laughs> um, well, that's one of the bugs we're trying to get. We're trying to get fixed. The next time Ben comes up. What, we're going to remove the John Berryman from him? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's possible, to be honest. Well, apparently, um, the bugged version of Ben had been using a proxy server instead, so which would cause a a chuckle and a a guffaw every time the word by proxy was used. So we are attempting to remove the proxy server from Ben. So that no longer happens. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't used forceps for that, have we? <laughs> no, we're going to we're going to leave that there. There's with a mental um, image going through my head with, at the moment, which I don't want to even focus sets, on. It's forceps with latex gloves <laughs> and no lube. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, so have you had a chance to look at the the new store? No, I haven't. I have not had a chance. I, I, I've never really bought stuff on the web store when I've not been in game. Like for, for me, the in store, the the sorry, the in game portal is ideal because I only used to buy things when I. The only times I'd ever buy things on the store was when I bought a new ship, fell in love with it, and was like, "Oh, I need to personalize this." Alt tab, go buy something. Mm. So I was never, I was never going to particularly like. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there on a Friday afternoon and just browse what's on. The web store. I, was, I only do that when I'm in game, anyway. So I will have a look at it at some point. Um, but for me, I really, really love the in-game store. I really like mm. it. How much um, flexibility it gives you over riffing with what your ship could be like. I also really love the plant pots. Yes, and I've seen uh, seen those. Those those do seem to be quite funny. Although They're so cool. Yeah, but I'm sorry when you when you you're banking around and you see a hairy brain just waving about in front of you. You just no, that's just true. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's just thing. wrong. Just keep it clean with a cactus. That's what I say. <laughs> keep it. Are you trying to replace Ben here at the moment? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> just... not. How there's nothing. There's nothing <laughs> sexual about a cactus. I'm just. I I'm bet just there is. I bet someone somewhere has got a fetish. About stuff to do with a cactus. Well, true. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere on the internet, right? There'll be an X-ray somewhere that will bring tears to her eyes. I'm sure. <laughs> I just fell over, honest. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I see we've hit a level already. <laughs> um, yes. Um, so, I mean, there hasn't been an official announcement from Frontier, oh. so I'm kind of saying it's kind of at the beta stage. What do you guys reckon? Uh, Dendrophilia is the name for a cactus fetish, according what? to uh, Google. Oh, thank God for that. I thought someone in the Twitch chat had actually put that up. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. Yes, fair enough. Um that's uh, uh, something to try out on Ben next time, I guess, Shan. What, dendrophilia? 
<laughs> see if it, see if he gets it. No, this is getting this is this is going in the wrong direction all the time. Uh, right. Anyway, so leaving oddly shaped pot plants alone, please. Um, <laughs> uh, was there anything there in the in the the store lately that you've thought? Yes, that's been worth a punt. Uh, apart from plant pots, no. Um, I I thought they were really cool. I would buy the David Braben bobblehead if it came back. Uh, I don't think they'll ever bring it back, but I would I would I would buy that in a heartbeat. I don't know why I didn't the first time. Um, I, to have him will wobbling his way through the galaxy with me would be brilliant. Uh, apart from that, would I bring up his bottom. <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> Ventura says he has one, so I am. Intensely, you want to check that with Ventura, really. Uh, so no, our tech has a David Braben bobblehead. Ventura, I'm intensely jealous of you. Um, I would mug you if if I could mug you for your uh, David Braben bobblehead. Uh, One thing that, I did notice, sorry, um, bringing in a note of sanity to the uh, proceedings. Um, <laughs> One thing I, I have, well, there's two things I noticed. The first thing I did actually like and considering buying is the skins for the Crate Phantom, I believe they are, which mm-hmm. are basically a snake's head around the top of the, of the Phantom in, in pretty good detail, actually. That looks pretty special. Um, and in general, you can tell they've improved the uh, technology that displays... Um, Paint skins simply yeah. because the variety, of amount of detail in them has gone up substantially. But yeah, the crate, the crate snake head, I, that, I was particularly impressed by that one. They're very cool. They're very very cool. The 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 the, um, the paint jobs have got markedly better since the uh, since the paying for things update. Wow, I'm just going onto the, onto the uh, onto onto the site itself to look those up. You're cr- those are amazing, Shan. They really are. The snake wrap ones. Yeah. When did they come in? I don't know because I haven't looked at the store uh, for, uh, <laughs> until it came up. But I I I saw those and thought, wow, they're really. Cool. Tell me the um uh the URL for the store, and I'll go and browse things. Uh, dlc.elitedangerous.com It's in Twitch chat. Um, uh, Paul Archer said last Friday for the snakes, so only a couple of days. Ah, right. Yeah, because I'm not getting the emails telling me if there's stuff new in the store. Normally, they used to do that. Dlc.elitedangerous.com Yep. The site can't be reached. Oh, you've been banned. I don't think so. I'll go to the Twitch chat and see if I can get on it from there. Here we are. I'll put it in in our little... In our private chat. Yes. No dots needed today, because I think I can control two of you. <laughs> <laughs> he says. <laughs> a skull bobblehead. Mm. A succulent plant, an aloe plant. Imagine if you if you work for Frontier and, and you were given the job of rendering an aloe vera plant. And you were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to work on a space game. I'm going to do high-level PvP balancing. And you were told to go and make an aloe vera plant. And it's the, extra dis- it's the extraterrestrial uh, penduncle plant that I'm just looking at going, no. Yeah, that does look very weird, doesn't it? Yeah. But 
that um, you know if if plants wobbling in front of your cockpit is what you want then <laughs> who are we to judge eh yes yeah i mean one of the things that i did like i think alex turner did a um a comparison on a lot of things in the store since this happened um about which is cheaper and which isn't and it and they were they were asking today if there was going to be a return of the the packs you know the the packs of skins that you used to get yeah um to which wills replied saying no there there's those um packs are not coming back anymore so of course the the forums some of the people went that's fine some of the people kicked off about it uh i mean what's normally in those packs i i normally saw one i wanted but I had to buy the whole pack yeah me too but, but in this case it's a case of can buy the pack individually which means i've now got the whole a team skin which is fantastic and silly um, but I didn't want the rest of the hauler ones because you know why. Mm. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I don't understand. I mean, it's some, people will whine about anything, right? Um, like I don't think there's any problem at all with uh, with discontinuing the packs. People people bought the packs because they wanted a thing in them. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll agree. I mean, there's sometimes you just, just look at the, some of the squadron stuff, you can understand why people would want the same squadron uniforms to when they were flying up in wings, but oh, it, oh, it, 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 can, it just feels like sometimes they can't win. Yeah. Is it? I agree with you. But yeah, uh, that's, that's a whole other discussion that... Uh, I, d- I don't think we c- we've really got the energy for. <laughs> Tell you what, have you seen the? Go on, go on, Sean. Link up in the um in the chat for the crate skins. Oh yeah, no, I just oh you you put them in the Twitch chat. Yep. Ah, right. I'll see what people think of that when they if they ever get a chance. There's so. a there's an absolutely brilliant new set of skins for the courier uh, racing skins. Um, I'll, they look like that. They're absolutely phenomenal. They seem to be... Um, Frontier have somehow found a way to start doing... I don't know if they were prohibited from doing it before, but they, they, they've, they're doing lots of skins that are much less symmetrical than they used to. Um, and they look brilliant. Totally brilliant. Formula One sort of style. Commander Witherspoon is wondering when we're getting fish tanks for the cockpit. <laughs> Good question. Well, they'd be empty fish tanks because people were scooping the fish out to give them to the engineers, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, um, that brings us quite nicely uh, onto our next subject, which um, is the Scourge Stage 4. Now, this, this happened quite quickly uh, after Stage 3 was announced. Um, and Basically, the the Scourge Interstellar Initiative is almost finished because Will said Stage 4 was the last stage, which is a a couple of community goals, uh, delivery community goals, taking the antidote to the Scourge, or to the Blight, rather, to Diso and Overy. Uh, And those do seem to be quite tough. Um... (laughs) I think in both cases, only stage one has been completed. Yeah, they do. Look, they do look quite 
pretty punchy as targets go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they were hoping to achieve with that. I mean, we've had people um, try and contact us to, to complain about uh, these, which I'm kind of there going, well, what can we do? Yeah. <laughs> Frontier aren't exactly talking to us either, so, you know. Uh, why don't we start a petition? We could start a petition, I suppose, yes. But please talk to us. We're lonely. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the stage four reward was um, as long as you managed to make one delivery to either in the either of those um, uh, community goals, you will get a decal which broke for in the first hour that they used it. Oh dear! They managed to fix it within an hour, and everybody was able to use it again afterwards. But um, yeah, you can imagine how much salt on the forums was generated when that happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, the, um, that is a very, very weird bug, isn't it? A decal causing, uh, causing a crash. Very, very unusual. It, it did seem to be, um, uh, like I said, it was fixed within an hour and everybody was carried on. But yeah, as soon as, as soon as people tried it, yeah. <laughs> you could you could tell that the forums just went oh god more problems yeah yeah so I mean that brings the scourge actually to an end which I must admit the decal I did I did quite like it's it's quite detailed and quite nice looking my alts T six has has uh, has it on on the the ship um so. What's everybody's opinion on how the this latest interstellar initiative has gone? Who'd like to go first? I'll go first. Uh, I've really liked it. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I really I've got involved in all the stages. Uh, it's been it's been really good fun. I like the idea. I, I like having a secondary narrative. Um, so there's the big cosmic threat, and then the, about. Uh, aliens, aliens wanting to kill us all, and then there are secondary threats about the difficulty in lots and lots of humans living together in a bit of space and organising themselves and and that sort of thing. And um, the and I really enjoy the fact that it's been a bit more. The goal has been a bit more prosaic. Um, you know, it, it sort of it highlights a load of things from a law perspective that I think are interesting. Like how would how would feeding uh the galaxy work and what and, and and it sort of it speaks of what interstellar trade is like and um and a whole bunch of things that i think are really cool and um and uh and benefit from being explored more so yeah i've i've, I've really enjoyed it really enjoyed getting involved and really enjoyed reading about it i've kind of, i've kind of enjoyed it from a, a law as as who says from a law perspective um I didn't do too much in it, to be honest, this time round. Um, and I've been sp- part of me is a little bit disappointed. It's fallen back on old mechanics um, in order to progress it. But then I thought, well, what else is there they could do? That's within the game engine and how the game is at the moment. And I kind of reached the conclusion: well, all all interstellar initiatives from now probably until 2020 are going to use existing game mechanics because there isn't going to be time or resources to make new ones 
Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the I mean the, the main issue that um, well with the last one there was kind of custom event that happened with uh, uh, with Commander Palin being evacuated and. I must admit, I did think I, I was half expecting one of those to occur, but nothing's happened yet. I mean, we've still got 11 hours left, apparently, but we'll have to wait and see. Mm. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think, I mean, Ben actually suggested this. He, he felt that there was a little bit of an issue with... Um, he would have liked to have had a choice to to fight alongside the Onion Head people. Yeah, we talked about this last week. We, that, mm. that would have been... If I could critique it, I would side with what Shan and Ben said last week, which is that it would have been really nice to be able to... Um, to, to be able to, to be given a choice because the, the, the scythe of Pan Am have quite a sympathetic cause. Um, the bombing of the Onion Head plantations in 3301 was sort of controversial from a, from a law perspective and players could reasonably be assumed to to sympathise with them, and it would be nice to be able to express that through in-game actions. Well, people have been in expressing it in in-game actions in one of the most bizarrely expensive ways I think that's been happening. Um, there have been certain commanders who have been sympathetic to the Onion Head, who have been going to all the places where you can buy the cure for the Scourge, buying up as much as possible so that, you know, trying to deny people the ability to buy uh uh, the community goal haulage, and then just dumping it outside the station. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very cool. expensive, but it's one way of saying no. You and we we didn't save. Well, it's only a couple of hours wood over mining, isn't it? It's not. You know. uh, yes, again, disqualified cool. from commenting on anything to do with credits or wealth. <laughs> 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 the thing, the interesting thing, though, is, and again, I think this comes back to what. I was mentioned earlier about existing mechanics because I know what's going to happen if they had it. So the ability was to side with either the uh, onion head guys or the other side. I can just see the, oh my God, they're doing it in solo. How can we blockade people in solo or private group whinges from here? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's... They almost like saying, "Well, okay, people are going to say that or complain about that, so we'll just make it standard and avoid all that hassle." Yeah, uh, yeah but it's, they cut both ways. Like, and both sides can be hanging out in, in private group and solo, and both sides can be botted. Um, and also, it's—I um, don't, I don't know—I'm I, 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 not sure. I—I I, I mean, they did. The argument that they're not going to try it because it's not fair doesn't make any sense because they did it for a, for a, an interstellar initiative earlier this year. Um, and from what we can see from the outside, the adversarial nature of that didn't wasn't a bad thing at all. Um, there was a bit of whining that that we got a the the objectively worse reward, but both the rewards were crap. So it didn't it didn't it didn't really matter. It didn't make any difference. Yeah, I mean they they used to have a lot of these competitive um, community goals happening when there was a. Um, a conflict, a cold war between the Empire and the Federation over the Pleiades. Uh, And that, well, to tell you the truth, that was kind of the best that these mechanics could do. It it is a shame that it's a case of who can fill the bucket up faster. 
Yeah, and it is. Yeah, that, that not is. a case where where it is a tug of war. Where if you deliver something for one side, it takes away from the other. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that, you know, it, it it is. I mean, I remember Michael when we were in the DDF, and Michael Brooks had put forward this. He he put out what were the restrictions f- that uh, community goals could could do, and. Um, we found out it, it wasn't as flexible as we'd all hoped it'd be, uh, which yeah. caused a lot of DDF arguments. Mm, yeah, but less said about that, the better. So, um, I mean, I must admit, I I was quite impressed with the the storyline on this one, the way that it was seeded a lot earlier on, and they've kept the Galnet news up. Uh, I do think that. If they hadn't a cut back in the Galnet news, it would have been more of a surprise because it would have been hidden behind all the rest of the um, the guff, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that, that 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 that's true. I I mean that that really is that that really is taking a the most generous view you can that this that the, that this worked better from a um, from a law perspective because there wasn't any other Galnet to. To get in the way, I do agree, but I think more Galnet would would still be quite nice. Um, one thing I, I, I want to go back and touch on something that Shan mentioned earlier, which is the um, uh, which is this I sort of speculating on what mechanics could or could not be used for community goals, and it, it sort of annoys me when people say like, "Oh God, another hauling goal, oh another another combat one." I'm like, this is the game, Elite Dangerous. The the, the game is a hauling combat exploration game. Those are the three things. Like, this isn't, you know, th- this is necessarily limited by the game engine as to what you can do. There are only so many ways the the devs can use that limited palette of game mechanics to to give players challenges to, to complete. Yes, the community goals are going to be hauling. Yes, they're going to be combat. That is Elite Dangerous. That's the meat and potatoes of the game. If you're bored of it, go and play a different game. The people who are always the people who are always like, oh god, not another one of those. I feel like saying, well, you know, just because you're bored of it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. That's that that's necessarily what the game is always going to be. Well, if you think about it, there's only a certain I think there are four different types of quests oh, cool, yeah. or missions in any game. You know, you've got the escort, you've got the kill X of Y, and you've got the um courier to bring a message to someone and then you've got um the i think it's the uh the, sh- the ship something you got the haulage one mm-hmm. so there are, fundamentally in any game there are only those types of missions and it doesn't matter what game you're in you're always going to get the hauling the kill x or y the escort etc you're always going to doesn't matter what the game is so uh, and this is what led to me thinking, well, with the um, interstellar initiatives, and me feeling a bit kind of let down by the mechanics. And I thought, well, actually, there isn't much else they can do because it all falls back to those fundamental types. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, though. The the one community goal I really enjoyed but was different was actually the Thargoid research one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Where there must have been a lot of prep that went into that. Um, well... It did well. It was a brand new um, piece of equipment you had to use. You had to use stealth mechanics in order to actually be able to 
capture a sample from a Thargoid. Uh, and yeah, fair play to them because um, it was actually quite difficult to do. I think the problem was they put the commun- the targets way too high. And when people found that they couldn't even hit the first tier, that, that did cause a problem. It's, yeah. it, it's all down to balancing. And I, uh, I think the, the, balance on this last delivery one's been a bit out because I mean, I've, I've I've spent hours hauling for this one. I mean, and we've only been in a T6, but so I haven't been able to do the usual volumes, but um, I'm going to get, what, 100,000 credits for it? Yeah. Yeah. That's... Wow. It is hard for them to hit that, though, because if you remember the Distant Worlds CGs, they mm-hmm. just went up to eleven, literally within a, within a few days, and then you get ones like this, which don't seem to move very far, very fast at all. So it's really hard to get that balance. I think. Mm. I, I wonder what different. I, I wonder how different the numbers are from one to the other, because it does seem to be quite difficult to um, to set the targets. Frontier. I mean, they do they do quite often get it right. Like, I, I think that. When they get it wrong, it's it's anomalous. I remember the, the Sagittarius I one was about perfect. We, we you know we worked really hard, had really good turnout, didn't quite top it. But you know why should we have topped it? What it, it wasn't the most important to most people. So I, I felt like that was you know most of them are, are, are well are well set, but some of them seem to be quite egregious outliers, and I'd like to know why. Well, here's a slightly pessimistic thought. Um, I wonder how the announcement of the delay last week has affected player numbers in the game. So did they balance it for a higher number of continuous, you know, continuous players? And because of the announcement, people just say, oh, stuff this carries on coming for six months. I'll go and play Call of Duty or whatever it is. And so therefore, their target, which they thought would be easily reachable, because the number of consecutive players may have dropped, was all of a sudden Significantly more difficult. We can't do anything, but it's just a thought. That is that. No, it's an interesting thought because I must admit, I mean, my motivation for playing the game certainly dropped when that that announcement came through. I mean, um, I don't know how you two are feeling about it, even though, ironically, due to this uh, interstellar initiative, I've probably played more Elite Dangerous um, lately. As opposed to when there's not an interstellar initiative running, but I must admit that announcement did take a lot of wind out of my sails. I think it, I, I think the, the the way that you'd take that announcement is very is going to be very subjective based on how much how much the bugs affect you and how much how excited you are for fleet carriers. So I I am not remotely interested in fleet carriers and bugs affect me because of the gameplay because of how I play the game quite a lot. So I was I was um so I I was quite pleased by the um uh by the announcement. I know a lot of people who are really excited for fleet carriers and don't bump into bugs that much at all who were quite upset by it. So I, I think definitely it's one of the more subjective I think people's reactions will will depend particularly on the way they play the game and what they're excited about. Well I'm not sure it was without going over last week's show which if you hadn't listened to it, please do. Um, without going over the last week's show, I, I think the, the, the issue around the, 
the delay, it wasn't just about, I don't care about fleet carriers, but I care more about the bugs. It's the general feeling that Elite has been in maintenance mode, so to speak, for 18 months. Mm. And, and it was cut and cut and cut. And, and it was more <laughs> austerity hits Elite. Um, mm. But it, it was more about um, no the 18-month so-called maintenance mode and how I know when they talk at the start of the year, we talked about on this show about, oh, it's not in maintenance mode because they've got all this content planned. It's not a role, you know, not a part of the yeah. But there's yeah. new content and that it's not in maintenance mode because of this and this and this. In hindsight, I'm beginning, I'm beginning to doubt our, our optimism that the game isn't in maintenance mode. Now, it's just purely a perception, but it's it's one that you can't sort of get rid of out of the back of your mind thinking, well actually No, I don't know. I I I don't think the game is in is or was. No, I mean I don't think the game was in maintenance mode. I think it I think like an objective um definition of maintenance mode would probably be no more features, just bug fixes. And Ooh, and more, therefore okay. and therefore you probably would say that the next six, nine months will be maintenance mode. Um, I definitely don't think 2019 was planned as maintenance mode. Well, I'd, I'd say different. It all depends on what your definition is of maintenance mode, because in my book, I mean, I'm going back to uh, SOE here. When a game was put into maintenance mode, it didn't get bug fixes. They just kept the servers running. There was no new content. Right, okay. It was just uh, no bug fixes. The, the servers were running until eventually enough players got bored so they, sh- they had an excuse to shut the, the server down. <clears throat> Star Wars Galaxies, Matrix Online, <clears throat> anything like that. Uh, not that I'm still bitter about that horrible company called SOE. Uh, <laughs> and I'm quite sure if we had Kurgle on there, he would be spitting tax. <laughs> Although it's quite funny that you should mention that because... Um, because of Frontier's focus on trying to capture new players, it does strike me a little bit of the NGE, um, the new game experience in Star Wars Galaxy, where they just said, sod the established players, let's just try and get new players. And, well, if it wasn't for the fact they were doing interstellar initiatives as well to try and keep people interested, then I would probably say... Yeah, it's gone maintenance mode. I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the year, but <sighs> see, that's what that's where the doubt is in my mind, Colin. Because it, in my mind, the interstellar initiatives, although some of them have been quite interesting, in my way of thinking, that's no more than adding a new quest chain to the game. But we didn't uh, have quest chains in the first place. Well, we sort of did. We had uh, we had CGs that did ripple through but what i'm saying is uh, is it still is it in maintenance mode i don't know because it dep- i think it depends on what your thoughts were behind the announcement i'm still of the view that carriers are and were nowhere near ready mm. and they and they use the bug fix announcement to cover the fact carriers were not ready um and it then comes down to actually well why can't they bug fix and do the carriers at the same time? Because bug fixing is part of what a developer does. So yeah. I don't know. I'm well, well. Judging on my development experience, I mean, um, when these 
these kind of things happen. Uh, the bug, for, I reckon that the team over at Frontier, which is managing the the run, what I would call the runtime, maintaining the running environment, um, I, w- I would say that they um, there's that few of them that they had to down tools while fixing all the bugs which were happening in the September update. Now that was a, a month's worth of development time, probably lost, judging by how much how many times they had to go over and repatch and repatch and repatch. And when that happens and you're already a month behind schedule uh, and people are clamoring for more bug fixes, you, yeah. I, I reckon those carriers would have slipped because of that. Yeah, well, I, I'm not so sure, Colin, to be honest, because in the announcement last week, uh, Will said, I will be going back and fine-tuning the carrier development, your features should be locked in way before now. And if it was just a matter of, well, it slipped for a couple of months, then why did they say, oh, they're going to be out first quarter, 2020, not second quarter? And and if you're having such a skeleton crew that you have to drop content for bugs, then isn't that an indication of maintenance mode? No, this is nonsense. It is not in maintenance <laughs> mode. It's, it's getting it's getting the biggest update the, the, it's ever, that it's ever had in a year's time. It's obviously not in maintenance mode. They're doing more ah. than bug fixing. They've got interstellar initiatives. They're releasing new, small, admittedly, but new stuff for it. Like, it's, uh, this is a stupid conversation. It's, it's obviously not in maintenance mode. Well, it, yeah, like I, like I said, I agree with... Um, with Suv on this one, uh, it's not in maintenance mode because, well, obviously my definition of maintenance mode is just you're left alone with just the servers running. Yeah, uh, and for me, that's that's mean. If it if it was in maintenance mode, we wouldn't even be getting the bug fixes. But um, I think a lot of people are getting frustrated because we all expected that uh, okay, there would be this small amount of content. We all knew that. But we were expecting a whole load of bug fixes as well. Yet it turned out that all we were getting was a small amount of content, which caused more bugs. Yeah, I think I think part of part of the um, the announcement um, about the delay of carriers. If I was Frontier, I would I would welcome the extra time to not have to worry about carriers and fix bugs because, as has been widely speculated the the code is probably a lot like spaghetti by now and and it's probably no simple bug fixing it's probably no simple thing um also posting that they're going to you know we're going to do all these beta periods and we're going to bring the players in and we're going to focus on bug fixing without taking something away with the other hand would have sent the wrong message if they'd if they'd said we're going to work on carriers. We're all going to put. We're all going to burn the midnight oil. We're going to put in evenings and weekends. We're going to deliver carriers in December, and we're going to do all these bug fixes, and we're going to do these open betas for players. That would just send the message that whiny petitions work, and if you want results, do more of them. They had to take something away with the other hand to make it to make it a, 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 like a sustainable result. Well, uh, I don't think it was a case of. Uh maliciously having to take something away. I think no, it's I, I'm not, no, I'm I th- not saying that. I think it's a case of, I mean, we to set up a beta ser- the beta server in the past, you know that it takes a lot of work because when you get your beta account, you're, they've, they've taken a snapshot of your, your yeah. commander about three weeks ago. 
Yeah. So that implies to me that there's probably a three week lead up time before they're ready to have the thing ready to roll out. Yeah. Which of course is development time. Uh, and dev time in order to set these things up. So that's less time spent actually working on the game. Yeah. But then again, knowing my development experience, if you have a good beta test, um, then you could probably catch half of uh, some of the major clangers that, that would cause a lot of um, salt on the forums, which happened with the September update. Ironically, um, I think this is because, and this is, might sound a little bit disingenuous, but um, last year and beyond, we only really had a beta period for the first part and the last part of it. 3.1 and 3.2, we didn't have beta periods for that, and they were small updates. Mm. And I, I, wonder- I'm going to, sorry. Go on. I'm going, to say, I'm going to be a little bit devil's advocate and say the beta periods that we've had haven't actually helped at all because when players have played them, the bugs they have found and been reported have very often still been in live once it's gone once it's gone live. And the feedback on how things work has all been too late for Frontier to change it. So it's been more about getting a sneak peek of what's coming than actually about fixing stuff because in a lot of cases the bugs they report just aren't fixed even if they are significant let's Mm. hold on let's just clarify the words always and never here are you saying that with the beta periods that they've run before every single bug identified in the beta has made it through to release and not a single shred of player feedback during the beta has affected the the released build um, I would I, say the majority. Uh, said, sorry, Colin. No, no, you go first, Shan. Because I, I, you might not. I, my mic out, and I think I said by and large. I said it's not all of them, but I, I can think of several times where um, bugs have been found and released, or the way something works has not been. Yeah, fixed. As you said back then, that doesn't work. And you know, think about the beta period we've had. We've had a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. about two to three weeks before the final release. If you want to beta test something properly, you have a, a longer period farther away from release to give you a chance to pull in the feedback and fix the fix the bugs. But it's almost been like a preview of what's to come. I don't know. I, I, mm. uh, no, I, I would say what for I, would, I would. I would. say in my, from what I remember, there was an awful lot of stuff done um, when the beta period came out, uh, and there was some real uh, not not crashes to desktop, but player breaking, uh, game breaking bugs. So the functionality didn't work right, but there were an awful lot of crash to desktops as well. Now, when uh, when it comes to priority, fixing a crashed desktop takes priority over a gameplay bug. Yeah, and the, the 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 main issue that I've seen in most of the betas is that they have focused on the higher priority bugs and let the gameplay ones slide. And yet, people have complained um, that they haven't been fixed uh, in the beta period, um, but that's because. Uh, I remember seeing this quite often is that they were trying to make the game, the beta stable enough for release and 
um, that's been the issue. I mean, technically, what you're supposed to do is um, if you've got a whole load of gameplay breaking bugs, they should be um, basically those should be resolved before you go to release. Um, I don't think that happened. I think uh, it, it's all down to their deadlines on that one. They were not willing to move a deadline back. They have in the past, but I think for the releases that you and I are referring to, Shan, they didn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. I mean, Can we have an advert and then move on to the main topic? Sorry, see. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, well, before we have the advert break, um, there was one in-game event which did happen this uh, this week, which was the truckers rescuing the devilish uh, truckers being rescued from the devilish don um, with the help of Will Flanagan. Um, did either of you two see this? No, I didn't. I heard about it. Um, well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll just quickly say is that they <laughs> they lost uh, Senior Flanagan, who who didn't manage to land on the landing pad correctly. But I must admit, I will just say that I was incredibly impressed with the truckers' ability to organize a strike on a planetary base like that. It, it, they had multiple uh, wings all flying in, taking out different things. So um, we would just like to, to salute our, our fellow um, uh, sister station people uh, with uh, a, a good wave from Lave Radio as job well done because they came across really well and it's a and it's a actually a a, a little lesser played part of the game which is actually quite fun if you can get into a big group so um what we'll do is we'll take a uh, quick break and we'll come back with uh, some more elite dangerous discussion space can be lonely but sometimes that's just what you want Choose your holiday, the gas giants of Alioth, partying the night away in your Thelon Aquila, or even go back and find your ancestors on Earth. The Rockforth Corporation makes your holiday special and will let nothing disturb you. Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With a really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, master. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, pipism, and spontaneous targle face. Use only as directed. 
This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? And welcome back. Um, well, as there's, there's not as much to talk about at the moment, we're, we're going to go straight on to the community corner and our community questions that we've had lately. Um, the first thing to, to highlight is a friend of the show and uh, featured commander, Alec Turner, um, as part of the, the big bug hunt that will be apparently happening, uh, has put a bug countdown on the forums. Um, have you guys seen this one? Uh, can I have an E, please, Colin? <laughs> okay, obviously that's a blockbuster reference, and I've missed something. No, it's a countdown reference. Can I have an E? Oh, and then okay. I'll have a consonant. Yes. yes, and then a vowel. <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah, that's what he said. Can I have an E? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you fucked it up, Jan. Yeah, he had a great reference going, and he pulls it up. Yeah, because well, we can have a... how little the only the only countdown I've seen is the IT crowd episode, which is probably not a good reference point for countdown. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then as as Jimmy Carr would as they said, no, Frankie Boyle said to um uh the girl that does the numbers on and the letters just said, So you've got this TV show that's in front of old age pensioners. Uh, who are due to die soon, and you want to call it Countdown. <laughs> yes, you, if you always want your dark humour, that's that's where you go. Yeah, I like Jimmy Carr. He's good. So, yes, um, on the subject of quiz, apart from quiz shows, I mean, have you seen um, this uh, thread created by Alec Turner? I have. I've uh, I've submitted some bugs to it. It was a good thread. Yeah, I mean, the tone of it slightly. It, it sort of he he sort of opens with a "Oh, you bunch of whiners! What are these bugs? I don't even believe you." Um, which seems a little bit churlish, seeing as the, you know people aren't making it up. The game is a bit buggy, um, and um, but then he he goes on to list his own uh, the, the ones which annoy him. Um, but I, just passing it, like it really is how much the bugs affect you is really a, a, a function of how you engage with the game and what, what features you choose to, to, to play and which you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, some of the, the bugs that really annoy me is, is basically wings. Yeah. Um, there's an awful lot of, of wing-related bugs, especially if you're taking on Thargoids. Totally. I mean, yeah. mm, the the anti-Xeno initiative at the moment, they're, um, they say that they've they all got excited because one of the bugs that they've been um, uh, asking for to be fixed has been suddenly marked as fixed on the uh, on the bug tracker. So everybody piled in and found out that it wasn't fixed. Yeah, that's a bit annoying. And I think, I, I don't know whether this is something with Frontier, but at the moment it's like they've marked them as fixed, but 
it probably won't appear until the next release. Maybe well, it could be that it could be that um, it could be that there are different ways to trigger it, and they um, and they manage to they manage to fix one cause, but there are other causes of the same problem potentially. Not that I understand this stuff. Um, I, do, I do think that if, if you do things in a wing regularly, more likely you're much, much, much more likely to encounter very, very irritating bugs. I can completely, I can totally see that there might be players who very rarely wing up with other people, play at quite antisocial times, might only put in four or five hours a week, and merrily trade, you know, occasionally and get involved with interstellar initiatives, all that sort of thing, mosey abound enjoying the game, you know, much much as the nineteen eighty four game was, and never encounter any bugs beyond a couple of little cosmetic ones. I can totally I, I bet those people exist. But it's when you really get into the nitty gritty of a feature, like the AXI guys or the power play guys or the high level BGS Empire builders. It's yeah. it's those guys that really see the brunt of the bugs because they're in wings all the time. They're dealing with quite arcane systems that aren't necess- that weren't necessarily there at release. Um, so I, I definitely think that it's we, we should be. I think people should be aware that um, just because they don't see things doesn't mean that other players don't see them, and it also doesn't lessen how serious those bugs are for those people. Yeah, I mean, uh, Shan, have you got any opinions on those? Yeah, I think it's a good idea for a thread. Although, if I was being a little bit um, awkward, I would say, well, shouldn't all these bugs? Be highlighted on the uh, Bug Tracker website uh, and uploaded uh, on there. Well, and they it's are. funny you should mention that. Yeah, Alex put links. It, the one thing he does suggest is if you have got a bug uh, and want it mentioning, put it on here. But there, I'm also saying, isn't that like kind of like voting for your bug? <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the way the system sets up. Or can you? Or can you only vote for a bug once it's been confirmed? I can't remember. Um, I think I think it needs to be confirmed, and then you can upvote it. Um, mm-hmm. And Frontier will will I, I'm sure that they prioritise based on the most upvotes, and and they should do. You know, the squeakiest hinge should get the oil. Um, it it does make sense to prioritise the ones that affect the most people, and they can only act on what on what's reported. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think there's too th- I don't think there's too much wrong structurally with the bug reporting tool. I think probably it would be better if you were. I just don't think it's been updated enough. Yeah, basically, um, I think it would be. I think it would probably be better if players were first given a list of existing bugs to choose from rather than being prompted to submit their own because there is quite a lot of duplication on there. Um, but in principle, I think the thing is is pretty good. And when people are like, oh, well, you know, if you're seeing all these bugs, you should report them. People are doing. You know, they, they, there are no shortage of bug reports on there. Right. Well, okay, we'll, we'll leave that there. It'll be interesting to see how that thread develops over the next, uh, as in the run-up to the next next beta. Um, there has been a, a video created by Down-to-Earth Astronomy, um, who's, this can't be right, he's tested 5 million different shield configurations. <laughs> what? How's he managed to do that? Nerd. Um, got the time. It's probably, it's I haven't seen the video, so I'm just commenting off the cuff as usual. But what I would imagine he's done is he has the the numbers. Are, he's basically, I think what he's done is he's got an Excel spreadsheet and applied the mechanics of how shield strength and stuff like that work. So some serious number crunching there. But yes, he's, he did it by software. 
oh, right. the start of the video says he's got he's got a piece of software which um, goes through all the various configurations and works out shield strength. So yeah, he, he didn't sit there and manually roll five million com- combinations in engineers. He did it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. And maybe I'm I'm just too old school. I'm just there thinking of the spreadsheet testing spreadsheet that he would have put together for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just hurts my head just thinking about it. So, um, I mean, one of the things that uh, we've been doing over the last few episodes, we've been putting out community questions and, and things like that about uh, what people have thought about um, various aspects of the game. Um, and we've got a kind of busy week this week with lots of either requests or or um, or comments from previous shows. So, I mean, first off, I'd like to wave to uh, Commander Ventura, our tech tech guy. Um, he says he's had a thought while catching up with the CQC episode of Live Radio. He asks um, if FDev put a high-ranking players on a scoreboard uh, which will be available to either in-game or via the web, would that not entice more people to play CP- CQC to beat the top player? What are your thoughts? Anybody want to take that one? Mm, don't know. Can't really comment for other players. I, I mean, it, it it wouldn't interest me, but I'm not competitive. Um, it, pro- <laughs> it it probably would do. I mean, it, it CQC the way the matchmaking works and the way it's separate from the main game, it does feel quite a lonely experience. The the CQC Discord is what binds it together, but that's that's a community hosted thing. I think anything that makes it feel like your your behave your acting less in a vacuum would probably be would probably be a good change i mean i'm not sure i mean yeah i mean i i'm not that competitive uh, as well too but my thoughts on this were well if someone put um lionel messi up on a on on, on a board say right can you beat lionel messi part of me goes nah i'm not going to bother with that and you know, it's like you, you just know, for example, that with these players who live, eat, and breathe, CQC, you're going to need to do the same to reach their level. Yeah. So does that, does that encourage you to play CQC, or does it make you want to go and do something else? I guess it depends on your personality type, but me, it'd be, the, it'd be I'll go and do something else. Well, personally, for me, I think it'd probably be enticing. Um, it, it would, I mean, I know it would just be Musketeer at the top anyway. No, quite sure that the CQC guys will probably uh, probably agree with that. But um, I mean, we do have kind of. Do we have that with the squadrons? I, I mean, Norman, did you want to come in here and just see what you mean? Because um, I'm wondering whether or not you mean as for individuals or squadrons or. Um, I think more for individuals, really, just for the individual to say, because you know, if you go back in the days, like the arcade and everything else, mm-hmm. you would actually go, you would see, oh, I want to beat this guy; it's at the top of this game, you know, that sort of thing. And the- yeah, I, I know what you're saying about the arcade thing, because I mean, that's the idea behind mine, my uh, my thoughts on that exactly. Yeah. Because basically, you did want to beat AAA or Rob or whoever yeah. it was, but that is going back quite a while. <laughs> it's a long time since I played Defender. <laughs> I know, but it was just it was just a thought. I thought you know because CQC is as as it was pointed out, it is out in the cold at the moment. I thought maybe mm-hmm. having something to entice people to actually play it because 
like with the, the guys that were doing the CQC stuff, they are absolutely, you know, passionate. Oh, yeah, they are so enthusiastic about it. So I just thought maybe that someday actually, you know, something coming in and actually doing that or doing it. I don't even know, like, for example, if they use, like, the API or anything like that, that the, you'd be able to get that information out from CQC. I know it's in the main game, but I'm not too sure about if there's API for just mm. for CQC. It was just when somebody suggested that it was, uh, you know, something to do rank yes. people on and actually uh, how would people actually feel about actually doing that. So Yeah. yeah. Plus also, I think, I think if you do know who these players in the top 10 are and then all of a sudden you start a CQC match and they all suddenly appear as your opponents, well, that, that's, um, that's the time, <laughs> the time to clean your underpants, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Brown suit time. <laughs> no, thank, thanks for that, Ventura. Oh, we'll, that's uh, fine. <laughs> well, sticking with CQC at the moment, and Commander Cortex Vertex um, asked, uh, answered our community question on CQC. I mean, and, and this is quite ironic, really, because uh, I don't think he's read Premonition. I mean, he suggests, he suggests that CQC should be some kind of holographic video game, <laughs> which uh, is available from the station dock menu. You know, or from a game cabinet in a bar when space lights come in. Um, so thanks, Andy. Uh, the main thing is that in lore, that's exactly what it is. According to the Premonition uh, book, Drew Wager's book, um, CQC is included as some kind of galaxy-wide holographic game. Holographic game, which basically needs a headset and and special controllers and things like that. Um, I think when we discussed CQC, I think it was Souverine who actually said that would be a good idea to have it off uh, the station dock menu. I mean, I think I mean my preference was was it to have it where the training missions are on the cockpit, but that's uh, that's a little bit of a uh, thing. I mean, you guys, what do you? Th- Anything to say on this one? I've always thought it a bit odd. You can play CQC against anyone from anywhere in the galaxy. <laughs> oh no! Is it breaking your immersion? Well, no. It's 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 supposed to be um, it's supposed to be holographic. Like it's 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 the same it's the same technology that allows you to pilot fighters. It's, yeah, it's, but it's if you're as, gone. Well. The question is, okay, well, if it's if it's holographic, then that's light based. So that's a twenty six thousand light year lag. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> you remember, Shan, when it came when they, they turned around and said, "Right, we like to use as much as possible, but if it comes down to gameplay, we want to use gameplay which breaks science rules." Well, what I would rather, what I would, what I would have then, in addition to CQC, is I would want a simulator. <laughs> in the station, where you can choose your own loadout of any ship you like, and then try it out <laughs> in the in station against other people's ships. So you basically have a PvP, um, which doesn't actually have any implication. Basically, you can treat it as Grand Theft Auto, and it's all kind of consequence-free and... Yeah, that'd be good. Try it out. That'd be really fun. I, I like what Commander Witherspoon's put in the chat, is that CQC has negative latency. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to discuss the game that's been uh, uh, saying it's got negative latency. 
Uh, right, moving on from uh, from that uh, quickly. Uh, yeah, Kirk Marshall uh, wants to know why we don't have gankers on as guests, uh, and that's from Commander Spawnsworth. He, um, he it wasn't to know why they do it. It's how they do it. Why do they target? Uh, do they target certain people? And if so, why? And um, well, just to answer you that, we've we've had people on before from CQC and and well, CQC, Smiling Dog Crew, and things like that. And um, it it did seem to be cause a lot of friction. <laughs> uh, it's a difficult one. I know that some people think this is a valid game form or, you know, as part of the game, but um, I'm not really out to actually promote people who don't realise how much of uh, how much they spoil other people's enjoyment of the game. Uh, I think there's also uh, my response to that would be um, that there are plenty of other streams on by in quotes gankers mm-hmm. so if you want if people are interested in why they do it how they do it i would suggest go on the streams and 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 find out um i'm not saying we don't know but it's a difficult one because i think we all have our own view of um non-consensual pvp mm-hmm. um and I think it's such an emotive subject, it's hard to keep a balanced view of it, is what yeah. I would suggest. The well said. That's that's probably more eloquently put than I managed. <laughs> so, um, moving on, I mean, Commander Boxham on Discord has said, um, interesting podcast this week. The announcement that Frontier is spending more time on bugs fixes uh, is likely to be a smoke-filled cloud of misdirection. Usually, when running a policy of bug fixes, the cadence should push them live as soon as possible, or if the beta servers are up, continually pushing on a weekly basis of bug fixes. That they announced a three to four months release of bug fixes feels wrong on this count, especially with an active beta community if it's in full swing. Um, now, this is something you've basically touched on. I think we've been over this uh, quite a lot, <laughs> even in this episode. Um, is there, I mean, is there anything to add to um, what you're saying here? Because uh, it's it's a point, but he's um, the way one studio does it is is probably idiosyncratic. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, we probably can't say unequivocally it is done this way universally everywhere. And if they say they're going to do any any other way, then it's then it's illegitimate. I, I, I certainly wouldn't be confident to dismiss it as that. I mean, if 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 that's the way that um, the FD say that they're going to operate, then you know who who are, who are we to who are we to tell them that they're not doing it the the industry sanctioned way? If that makes mm. sense. The the other thing uh, I think I would predicate that with we don't know exactly how many resources they have on the game at one at one time. Um, and I believe last week I said, I still stand by it, is that fixing bugs on an ongoing basis should not be a special activity. It should be part of business as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, so the point you said about bundling them all up and then releasing them in one go, 
maybe they're trying to make an event out of it. Maybe they're trying to kind of say, hey, we're in three months' time, we're releasing this bug fix, and it makes it more of a an event than just keep trishing out bug fixes. I don't know, maybe it's a way of countering the kind of nothing new correct months. You know, you yeah. save them all up and then you fix the bugs. I don't yeah. Know. It seems a bit cheeky to do it that way, but hey. Uh, I, I do know from, again, going back to my experience, that doing weekly bug fixes actually takes up more time because you've then got to prepare the release, uh, do the release. And, of course, there's the restrictions that Microsoft and Sony put on for the console releases as well. So um, it mm. might be, you know, it has to be once a, a month or once, uh, you know, not once a week. But moving on from there, and thanks for your, for your comment, um, we have had a comment from the Loose Screws podcast, that is uh, the Elite Dangerous podcast in America, who have may have claimed that they've trucked all the bio-waste out of Lave. Um, we would just like to say never underestimate the amount of bio-waste we can produce. <laughs> <laughs> it, usually tops, it usually tops itself up on, on about half past ten on Tuesday, doesn't it? It's usually <laughs> we've, spoken, <laughs> we've spoken so much rubbish that it just needs to be converted into bio-waste and then shipped out. I like mm-hmm. that there's a, a dedicated service to doing just that, though. <laughs> well, they do seem to be doing it for us, so <laughs> thank you. We should point out that we're only the third highest producer of quality waste products in the galaxy. That's behind whatever causes the blockages in Cubicle 3 and, of course, Slough. Well, that was that, the Cubicle 3 with Ben, wasn't it? And again, that's all part of the debugging of Ben <laughs> as going on this week. We are, <laughs> we, we are, we are endeavouring to clear out his uh, gastro pastures <laughs> to reduce the load on the lathe uh, recycling system. So once that bug has been uh, fixed, um, <laughs> that should diminish. Oh, I see we're going to end on the classy note we started with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So um, before I, I give out uh, the usual shout-outs, um, uh, has anybody got any final business that they'd like to just quickly touch on? Uh, those guys have shipped all of mine out of Lave Station, so I'm all good. <laughs> uh, anything, Sean? Not really, no. I was just, I was just wanting to, uh, to wonder... Uh, the uh, the Lee Screws podcast. Um, do they just want the one recycle bin out, or do they want general waste <laughs> recycling and food waste in separate bins? Or <laughs> what, what's the what's the what's the uh, rubbish cycle for the, the recycling thing? Because uh, I don't want them coming around once every two weeks because you get too much build up once every two weeks. <laughs> Um, yes, don't worry. We'll have a huge dump of bio waste ready and waiting for you in a steaming pile. Uh, please enjoy. <laughs> so um, we'll just give our usual shout outs to our sister station, the Hutton Alter Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at half past eight. And it will now be in GMT because uh, the clocks have gone backwards. Uh, so you can tune in there at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Um, the, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at uh, discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. Uh, and following this, I do believe we have a new Galnet news done by the most excellent Commander Wotherspoon. 
so we'll just take this opportunity to thank everybody who's chipped in on the Twitch chat and, of course, uh, anybody who's turned up at Leave Station, even though I wasn't able to make it. But um, that's it for another episode of Leave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up on facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us on at laveradio. Or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch with the show if you have any questions or if you'd like us to discuss anything in a future episode. Uh, just use info at laveradio.com. Um, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight GMT uh, and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. I do feel that I'm saying that quite a lot. So, thanks to Shan and uh, thanks to Supreme for joining us in this cutdown, and special thanks to, uh, to today's tech specialist, uh, Commander Ventura. But until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Digest 29th of October 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, militant anti-vegetarians defeated. Beating the blight. Living under the threat of famine. Lave radio release delay announced. Militant anti-vegetarians defeated. Drug growers and perpetrators of the crop-killing blight the size of Panem 
has been defeated in open battle in Quator after independent commanders and members of the Pilots' Federation, who had earlier been used to help spread the synthetic pathogen, flocked to the aid of the Tri-Superpower Task Force, which has been investigating the causes of the outbreak. The task force says it's also managed to capture key members of the Scythe of Panem at Weber Port, and has been busy questioning them. The Onionhead farmers are believed to have been seeking revenge for the federal firebombing of their crops five years ago, an ultimately futile act that drove the Onionhead trade underground and made it more desirable to many impressionable customers. Fueled by an anti-capitalist sentiment that seems slightly at odds with their extremely capitalist roots, the Scythe has been attempting to disrupt the galactic economy by wiping out agriculture. Their slogan, Crops for Crops, sums up their aim rather well. Beating the Blight Following the discovery of an anti-blight treatment last week, commanders who firstly spread the pathogen and then collected it all back in again are now being asked to deliver vast quantities of the alleged antidote. With input from the Vandermeer Corporation and Neomedical Industries, Rockforth Corporation has developed the antidote to the contagion spread by its fertilizer earlier this month. And the Interstellar Association for Agriculture, the very organization that refused to certify the Rockforth fertilizer until it had undergone rigorous tests, is urging commanders to distribute this new untested chemical to the already hard-hit agricultural worlds of Diso and Arerve with a plan to widen the distribution later this week. Initial deliveries of the antidote were impacted after an attempted reward scheme backfired. The I Help Stop the Famine decal that was to be handed out to delivery drivers inexplicably prevented the delivery from being made. Initial suspicions were that the scythe of Panem had somehow managed to sabotage the work to distribute the antidote, but the problem was eventually traced to the fissile material used in the decal paint melting through the hulls of any ships they were applied to. Just another mix-up at the paint factory, apparently. Several days in, there's still no word on the effectiveness of the antidote to the blight pathogen, but the Interstellar Association for Agriculture is said to remain optimistic. But it's far from clear whether the galaxy remains on a collision course with famine, or if disaster can be averted. Living under the threat of famine While commanders crisscross the galaxy bringing fertilizer to agricultural worlds, taking fertilizer back for destruction, bringing the blight antidote out and quite possibly soon taking it back again when it's unexpectedly discovered that it not only cures the blight but also causes ingrowing toenails, life planetside is getting grim. Due to a lack of fruit and vegetables, many restaurants have been forced to close. Fish, initially made popular by the engineers, is a new staple. Fish without chips is a stylish new fad seen on the tables of all those rich enough to afford such luxuries. Wealthy philanthropists such as Tashmira Silva and Zachary Rackham have donated billions to the relief effort, but many ordinary citizens have been forced to live on handouts of synthetic food. 
and many long-forgotten types of food are making a comeback. People at their wit's end are delving deep into the furthest recesses of their fridge freezers and finding the unappetising fare of yesteryear. Among the retro foodstuffs being used to stave off famine are black forest gatto, prawn cocktails, cheese and onion quiche and strawberry pavlova. It turns out that every freezer manufactured over the past 1,300 years has at least one of these ancient forms of nutrition hidden in it somewhere. Washed down with a vintage bottle of Blue Nun, what more could a citizen hope for? In further good news for the beleaguered citizens of Deso, a lottery is being held for three more rare delicacies that have been discovered in the city museum. The three separate lots will go to three lucky winners. A tin of spaghetti hoops in tomato sauce, a tin of chopped pork and ham, and a jar of sandwich spread. Lave Radio release delay announced. The crew of the Orange Sidewinder has announced that due to demands from its listeners, it intends to spend the next few months concentrating on sorting out bugs rather than delivering new episodes. Commander Adler Weiss was found to be covered in purple headlights, and a small but vocal section of the Lave Radio listening community started a petition to have him fumigated. The Lave Radio crew has welcomed and acknowledged this feedback and has agreed to shifting its efforts to removing the lice, which it plans to do using a small pair of tweezers and a killing jar. As a consequence, there will be no new content this year. Instead, the same old episode, the one with Alan Stroud moaning about not being allowed to write a sequel to Lave Revolution, will be broadcast every week with listeners invited to make their own content around the show. Things like counting the number of times Souverine says, um, and going to Lave Station to see if any members of the Lave Radio crew are hanging out there and ganking them. The crew are confident you'll hardly notice the difference. Live broadcasts of Lave Radio will resume in the second quarter of next year with the Fleet Carrier Special Edition, which was first scheduled to be broadcast in December last year. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Come on, Colin, you can do a good Scottish accent, so you can be Stunt Ventura. You know Ventura is actually, yeah, he's actually uh, speaking, Shan. Yes, he's issues, I think. I uh, think, I think Shan, Shan's got his, um, his, his anti-Scottish earphones on. So. <laughs> I just wonder. Uh, yes. I, I had a second referendum and decided not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um...